You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. All right, we're good to go. All right. What's up, Coaches Nation? We are excited to be here yet for another amazing week, another amazing episode for you to listen to. I'm Dr. Sherry Fluellen with our co-host, Faisal Ansan, and we have an amazing guest for you today. Super fascinating coach's journey. Started out as a NASA, working with NASA as an engineer, and then had some crazy difficult years where he experienced a lot of losses and started to kind of rethink, what am I doing? What is life about? Actually wrote a book on spiritual development. And then through a few other, you know, series of events, he is now teaching lots of people about online marketing. So that is quite an interesting journey that we will totally unpack. Um, and what I love is hearing about the uniquenesses that everybody has in their journey. It's not, I mean, I've yet to meet a coach that said, oh, I knew at age five, when people ask me, what did I wanna be? You know, I wanna be a coach. And maybe because the field of coaching is a little bit too new, like maybe my kids will say that because they see me do that. Um, but it's just fascinating how people land in coaching and land in serving other people online in this way. So, so excited for that conversation. But first, let's talk about some wins. Tom, you go first because you are the guest. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Sherry. And it's such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Yeah, so wins for the week. Um, uh, it's Well, it's a little bit more than a week old, but uh, I'm currently serving as the president of the San Diego Professional Coaches Alliance. And a project that, that I have been working on with the board of directors is to drop the name San Diego from the front of our name and to become just a professional coaches alliance and recognition and uh, anyway, so we, that we're a member organization, so we have to vote on big changes like this. And last week, uh, the vote passed that we're going to become the Professional Coaches Alliance. And um, also, we, we and also we had some little bit shifted in our membership, which we want to have, involve both coaches and service providers who serve who who work with coaches. And it's really a business alliance, and we're. Our goal is to help coaches create thriving, successful coaching businesses. So I, I, I'm very excited about that because it, it helps fill a niche. I, I think that so many coaches get coaching certification, but we're, uh, we don't necessarily get the training we need for how to build a business. So really yeah. excited about that. And that was a huge win last week. That's that awesome. is, Good for that's you. great. Because nobody watching or listening to this podcast wants to build a thriving coaching <laughs> business, right? Like nobody aspires to that. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I mean, that is very aligned with what our mission is with this podcast, what our, our sponsor's mission is uh, for the podcast. So yay! So much, so much room for serving coaches. So that's amazing. Faisal, you're up. Um, all right. My win is that my systems are still working somewhat. <laughs> Everything went haywire a few minutes ago. But the real, uh, uh, the, I, I'd say win is, I mean, 
uh, I'm watching my kids kind of, uh, they're growing up. One is five, the other one is two, just watching their interactions and a lot of the interactions. So for example, my, my, the older, uh, my older daughter, Aliyah was jumping on this beanbag from the couch and uh, she was throwing herself and then the younger one was trying to copy. And this is what she's saying. Uh, she's like, it was the most amazing thing. She's like, um, I, I know you're small, but you're better than that. She kept saying that over and over. I know you're small, but you're better than that. I'm like, she's already coaching. <laughs> but it was, it was really cool just watching how she was being encouraging towards her and kind of yeah. helping her. Um, I feel free because I don't have to do all that stuff. <laughs> Parenting is hard. That's a huge yeah. win. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll follow along the family lines. And um, my win is just remembering how much fun we have at our house. My husband is just, he always likes to make people laugh. He's always funny, which has rubbed off on me. But this morning when I come out of the bedroom uh, dressed, he's like, I feel like we need to schedule a, a, a weekend in the cabins. <laughs> because I look like a lumberjack. And so, uh, anyway, so it's, he's always making wisecracks, always being funny. Um, and um, I, I am blessed and changed in a good way as a result of that. So that's my win. That is a great win. That's <laughs> awesome. That. Yes. So we are going to recognize our sponsor for this podcast, which is a coasting, coasting. Every, I feel like every week, somehow I, I mess that up. We're not coasting, we are coaching. Coaching Mastery Community, we are a virtual community um, of coaches actually all internationally, which is so fun to hear different people's accent. In fact, Faisal is not even in the US. So this is awesome, I love it. Um, but we all come together with a common mission and a common purpose. And the common mission is to use our gifts, our abilities, our strengths, our weaknesses to serve others as coaches of some form or fashion. Um, and so Faisal, do you want to talk a little bit more about how the Coaching Mastery Community, or we CMC as we call it for short, um, serves coaches? Um, yes, and 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 this this came out of just I mean Tom will share his journey and and it literally came out of our journey struggling in our businesses and and not having the right support uh, to get better as coaches in terms of our skill sets but also get better in building our businesses and scaling it and that's when uh, a bunch of coaches got together originally and then slowly that uh, evolved into what is coaching mastery community where we help coaches develop and master their coaching skills, uh, whether it's in one-on-one -on -one settings, group settings, and also their um, uh, business skills to be able to grow their business and scale it. And, and Tom was actually one of uh, the trainers who came into our community and did an awesome training for us. Um, and, and that was really helpful around systems. Um, so yeah, that, that's what we do in, in Coaching Mastery Community within a very supportive community where, we're sh where we share resources, thoughts, perspectives, ideas, strategies to help each other move forward. So uh, I have my mug actually with me today with my coffee in it. It says Coaching Mastery Community, uh, building you and your business with friends because we very much uh, build a community where we are supportive and, um, and just enjoy, enjoy each other. So all right. Tom, so excited for you to be here. Um, would love to hear about how you got to the 
life of a coach or as a coach and working with coaches. Uh, wherever you want to start, I mean, I think the start of knowing that you uh, were wildly successful working for Exxon and NASA as an engineer um, is super fascinating. Um, but I'm going to throw the ball to you and would love to hear about how your journey led to coaching. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, maybe I will start there because it is unusual. I think um, my journey is kind of unusual to go from a software development manager leading teams of software engineers to, and by the way, my, my formal training is in chemical engineering. So um, I was trained at Carnegie Mellon as a PhD chemical engineer, and I went to work at Exxon and I worked at Exxon for a number of years. And then um, fast forward to, to how I got into spirituality and coaching. Um, basically around age 50, I, I, um, I had a number of, uh, I would just say stressful life transition events. And uh, I know there are a number of coaches in your audience who help people coach people through transitions. And so my big transitions were, um, you know, I would just say it's, it's um, you know, it, it was a way of the universe kind of shaking me and waking me up a little bit because I consider before age 50, I was kind of living life on autopilot. And uh, I, and by that, I mean, I was living the life that was programmed into me as a kid. <laughs> so always go to a good school, get a good job, start a family, you know, the, the whole kind of cultural programming that we get. And um, that started falling apart <laughs> because my, my uh, wife at the time came out to me as someone who likes women. And she hadn't discovered that until after 15 years of marriage. So that... Uh, that breakup of that marriage was very stressful and painful. Uh, at the same time, that very same year, my mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and was gone before the end of the year. Um, my dad came to live with me for three years and before he passed away. But And while he was living with me, uh, my sister passed away from a brain tumor. So I lost half my family in about a three-year period of time. And super stressful. And it's like, it really, and what was interesting to me is my religious background. I, I grew up as a Protestant Christian, and in my second marriage, um, I had converted to Judaism. And what was interesting to me was when all that stress was happening, my religious background just really didn't help me in my religious communities. And so I, I started uh, on a spirituality seeking journey, and I read very widely, read over a hundred books uh, on spiritual topics, including all the traditional religious texts, you know, including the Bible and the Quran and, the, you know, various, uh, you know, anyway, uh, just suffice it to say, I went on a, a pretty long journey, probably about five or six years where I was just trying to wake up and become more conscious and, and um, you know, live a more conscious directed life. You know, I know that's something that we as coaches now we encourage people to live a self-directed or conscious self-directed life. So that was kind of my introduction to, to, to thinking that way. Um, and so I wrote a book called Awaken to Choice, An Ungodly Approach to Creating Heaven on Earth. And the reason for the subtitle is not to advocate an ungodly lifestyle. It was really just to say, look, we're all spiritual beings and we don't necessarily have to hold the belief in God. You know, it's it's just part of the human experience that we're spiritual beings. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, so I wrote that book, and then I realized at first I wrote it for myself and for my family and friends, and 
and uh, realized after I wrote it that it probably would be useful to other people as well. So I got to, I, this is my introduction into what I now call internet marketing grad school. I went to X with uh, Brendan Burchard as a way, and, I, and my thinking was, well, I'd like to figure out a way to tell people about my book. And that opened my mind to say, oh, uh, you know, if if you've written or you have expertise on a topic and you want to get it out there, you can actually create a business doing that, which I had never thought of because I had been an employee at Exxon. And actually, I was a, an entrepreneur for a little while and before I started working at NASA. Um, <clears throat> so uh, it was actually during this time um, uh, where I... Well, I would just say I was going through this life transition. The, the, the transition before that was I was unhappy with my corporate job and I was looking for something different. And I got really interested in developing international data standards and tried an entrepreneurial venture in that area uh, before I went back to work at NASA. Anyway, it's, um, I uh, hope, hope this is still interesting. I, you know, sometimes I dive into the details too much. But anyway, that, that's uh, what got me into what I now call Internet Marketing Grad School. And I won't bore you with uh, the five or six years that I spent investing in all kinds of Internet marketing gurus. You know, so not only bought everything that Brendan uh, sold, but uh, I bought programs from Jeff Walker and Ryan Dice and Kern and just a, a whole of internet marketing um, uh, teachers, you know, mentors and teachers. And all that was great. But what I was, again, I would say I went through this reading and study journey for five or six years. And I felt like something was missing, which is how do, uh, how do you take that technology for internet marketing and build a business with it? So, and, and because my background was corporate, I never worked in marketing and sales. I realized that uh, that's what I needed to learn was about marketing and sales. But what I didn't realize until relatively recently was how important it is to combine marketing, sales, and then service delivery to make a full business. And I think as coaches, and I, I know as part of this journey, I became certified in and Brendan Burchard Certified High Performance Coaching Program. Uh, and again, even though he, he teaches online marketing, he didn't really teach us in our coaching certification how to uh, build a coaching business. So it's something we're kind of uh, expected to learn on our own, or maybe we already know his, his program is very broad. So, you know, it's used in different ways. So, uh, it's not necessarily true that he would teach people how to build a business, but that's what I saw as missing is like as someone coming from corporate and I was used to the delivery part of the business and leading software development teams. I didn't really know about marketing and sales. And so I was learning about that, but I also didn't know how to integrate all that part, all those things. So that's what led me to write my most recent book, which is online business success for thought leaders create visibility for positive impact. And it really is a synthesis of what I've learned over the last six or seven years in internet marketing grad school. And so what I do now as a coach is I basically, I, I call myself an online business coach where I actually coach people how to build their online businesses and to integrate that into their business overall business strategy. Because 
so much of the online marketing is taught as, uh, well, you should do a product launch. You know, that's Jeff Walker, the product launch formula. Or you should do a webinar, or you should provide an online course, or you should provide, you should build funnels. You know, so basically people talk about all these different pieces, but they don't really, uh, they don't really help you see a strategy for how you can build your business incrementally over time. And that's where, that's really where I got to was I can teach people that and I can still do high performance coaching, but I think the real value that I have for people right now or where I focused the last few years is on helping people build their businesses using online technology to help them build that. So sorry, that might've been a little bit long winded, but that's, that's kind of the, the arc or the pathway that I've been through. Oh, that's, that's super interesting. That's, that's such a, a powerful journey you've been on. Yeah. It, you, you made the comment embedded in there. Oh, I sometimes go into the details of things. You're an engineer. Like that's, <laughs> right. how, you're, that's how, you know, God's gifted your mind to be detail oriented. So totally fine. Do not apologize for that because that's probably your superpower. Yeah. And then being able to translate that into, um, you know, into recognizing where there's a, a deficit of, of um, knowledge and implementation. And I know that we've noticed in the coaching mastery community um, that there is so much information out there and the coaches typically know so much about all of these things. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. It's, it's, it's not our knowledge that's lacking. It's an integrated implementation strategy that really gets us hung up. Um, so that, you know, it's not just tactics anymore. It's a, it's a whole thing. So I love what you're doing and the way that you're serving coaches. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really love um, how, like there, there it, I always felt when I, when I went to, into this world, I have a very similar, and I came from an engineering background too. And when I came in, like Brandon Burchard, Franker, and these guys, they teach you something very important. Um, but there's like a big hole in the middle. <laughs> Yes. So what they're teaching is valuable and you can apply it and I've applied quite a bit of it, but there's a huge journey in the middle that um, they either miss on purpose or subconsciously for whatever reason. And, and maybe we're meant to learn it that way, but I learned a lot of that the hard way is, is that, so for example, one of those examples are social media. So one of the things we're taught to go online every day and or every week and and uh, and just spread the message. Well, that was helpful, but not for the thing that I wanted it to be helpful. So yeah. it didn't help me get clients. Right. What it did do was establish, help me establish credibility and help me develop confidence and help me do all sorts of things. So it was very helpful, mm -hmm. but it didn't actually help me build a business. Right. That part came from a whole different strategy and, and all the stuff that I did that helped later on. So they set the right foundations for me. So then I had to figure out, well, how do I get clients now? Yeah. How, what, what would I need to do to get clients? And the, I had to go to the basics of that. And then uh, as I'm beginning to grow my business to a different level, now how do I build those systems? Mm -hmm where um, it makes it, the customer journey uh, make sense and they're getting value out of it. And I've watched them, they've modeled some of the things, but it's not clear as to how do I take them from point A to point B. 
And I think that's where, Tom, you've done a really great job on, and you've been a consultant for us, CMC, as well as we're building our systems, um, coaching mastery community as well. So um, you can definitely serve coaches in that area quite a bit. But I'm I'm curious, um, what would you say were... um, now, do you feel like that hole was a thing that was there that you had to kind of fill in and figure out? And, and was that part of your journey? Yeah, actually, uh, <clears throat> what's interesting, and I, I talk about this in my book, I, I talked about uh, basically losing my employment and realizing I, I needed to generate, and I'm the sole provider of the family income. So I had to really get organized. And and I really struggled. I mean, thank goodness I had a consulting job that came through. I, I did a, a consulting project for the Federal Trade Commission, you know, for several years while, while I was figuring this out. But I called it swimming in the sea of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It's like I couldn't figure out what to do. It's like just what you were saying, I saw. It's like people were saying, yeah, social media. And other people were saying, and other people, you know, it's like, but this whole idea of what was missing, and I would say while I was swimming around in the sea of uncertainty, I, I had like three or four different possible businesses I could have created, and I couldn't figure out which one. And I finally figured out there, I had an aha experience, which is, oh, every online business is a custom software system. Now that may not seem obvious to most people, but um, I, re- you know, that's what I spent 30 years doing in, at Exxon and NASA building custom software systems. And then, what is the nugget? Why? I mean, why do you, why does a company build a custom software system? Well, they do. They build it to meet a business need and to support the business. And that was actually my role. I, since I was the uh, the team leader. My role was to communicate between the funders, you know, the management who were funding, the end users who might use this, you know, to solve business problems and the development team who were building the system. So I kind of sat in the middle of these three audiences and I needed to communicate a common vision that everyone, and, and it gave the importance and the skills really to recognize that when you're building a piece of software, you need to be sure you're building the right piece of software, which means you have to enter a lot, interact a lot with the users and the business owners, the managers who are funding it uh, to understand what's the purpose of the software. And really, you know, that first part of building software system is under, in systems engineering is called understanding the requirements. So understanding the requirements for what are we building is actually the, the key thing that's missing I think in the, um, for most of the people who teach the online marketing world, it's like you really need to get clear on what business are you in and get clear on the customer journey because the basic marketing and sales problem is you have to, you meet people who've never heard of you out in social media. So it's like, yeah, social media is definitely something, you know, for to establish credibility for people to get to know you. But then over here, you have your coaching program that maybe costs multiple thousands of dollars. So there's a big gap between never heard of you and spending thousands of dollars with you. Mm -hmm. So you need to develop this step-by-step customer journey so that people can get to know you and like you and trust you and and, and get value. So 
So challenges as coaches is to define those intermediate steps. How can people interact with me? Let's say um, in a, one of the first steps would be like a book. So I wrote a book. That was, that's one thing. But another thing that I teach a lot of people is teach a workshop and don't charge very much money for it. Just charge $50, $100, have people come to your workshop. That way they get a chance to experience you live for not very much money and they can start getting to know you. And then you might have another offer that's in the middle. Let's say you have a, an online course or something that you put together. You can invite people from your workshop to take your, it could be either an online recorded course or it could be a live course. So I discovered one of the things that I love to do is I love to do live teaching. So, um, I, I, and that's how I got started in the early part of my journey or a few years ago is I, I just created a, a four-day workshop that I charge money for. And that was a way for people to start working with me. So, and now that led into my coaching program, which is a year long coaching program to help people build their online systems, you know, with it's, it's kind of a done with you coaching sort of a service where a lot of people that they, um, I think they feel intimidated by the technology. Um, and it turns out that the technology is, getting easy enough to use now with a little coaching, you can acquire the skills. And within a within six months to a year, you can not only make a lot of progress building your business, but you get the skills to keep going. So yeah. I I I think about it kind of like dating, you know? It's yeah. like you see somebody at a party or whatever, you know, and you're like, ooh, you know, <laughs> it's like, I want to get to know them more. And so you you walk up to them, you get part of that conversation, you, you know, so there's a little bit of no ability and you're trying to, you know, likability, um, you know, but they're probably not going to marry you from that. So what's the next step? The next step is maybe like intentionally, maybe a group date or then maybe an individual date, and you know, and then there's courtship and then there's the engagement, you know. So, um, yeah. That's so a, think- yeah, that's a great analogy. It's just think about that when you're looking for your coaching customers. Yes, it's possible. I know people can jump that gap with a single enrollment call. But I think most of the successful coaches out there, they don't necessarily advertise this fact, but they're bringing through people through a customer journey. At some point along the way, they're going to have a strategy session and they'll realize that, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm ready to jump into the coaching program. So, yeah. but it's all about building, you know, building relationships. So I've learned a lot recently about challenges as, uh, you know, kind of a marketing strategy mm-hmm. yeah. um, and what, and so I'm kind of in the middle of building my own thing with, with challenges to kind of lead into. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought was super interesting with the gentleman that is, um, that teaches us, cause he's been running successful challenges for a couple of years now mm-hmm. is um, he's like, there's really no, his perspective is there's really no more effective way of, um, helping a non-client understand the culture and become part of the family and really get to know you than to spend like, you know, five days um, really kind of engaging in in what you have to offer and who you are, your personality, you know, the culture of the business and, and all of that sort of stuff. And so, so I thought that was interesting that that may be, you know, a way of going from the exactly. introduction to, whoa, yeah, I'm going to spend nine thousand dollars on this program is you know because they kind of jam all that stuff into a short period of time well and and, uh, if you've been to some of the um you know the bigger name marketing people like frank kern or brendan or you know and uh 
people people at that level sell their coaching programs at their three or four day events. Yeah. They don't really sell them, you know, like online per se. Sure. Because and 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 actually Brendan explained this one time. He says, I only offer my coaching programs in my three day, three or four day weekends because I want people to have a full experience of what it's like to work with me before they sign up and say, I want to become part of your coaching community. So I, I, I really think it's important to give prospective clients the opportunity to work with you at a low price, at a low time investment. Uh, you know, but if you think about coaching programs, they're not only expensive, but they take a lot of time also. So the, the trick is on this customer journey is to, you know, a little bit at a time, increase the amount of time. I mean, like think about lead magnets, for example. Te- people teach about lead magnets and get a, your free email then I'll send you a, a free video or a download or something like that. Uh, I coach people all the time and I learned this from other people. Is I think I learned it from Ryan Dice. It's like, you know, those lead magnets need to be consumable only in about five or 10 minutes. Because you're asking, yeah, it's not a big price. I give you my email. Um, and But the thing is, I'm just dipping my toe in the water. So give me something that I can really use in five or 10 minutes. Yeah. And then if I want more, you can offer more as a follow-on to the lead magnet. That's the funnel, right? So uh, you can offer more and say, well, come to my webinar. So if you like this free thing, I'm going to be doing a webinar. Come, Come join me for the webinar. So Tom, what would you say would be the minimum number of steps between like a quick lead magnet and like, here's, you know, drop 10, 10 G's on something. Like, what do you think? Well, it's hard to, you know, just come up with it. I think every business is different, but it's whatever. Um, and, and what I teach uh, is that um, uh, one reason I like workshops or, or I should say, uh, relatively low price, but not free. So like a workshop or a, or an inexpensive live class, like, like the, I'm not sure the challenges are done in different ways. When I did a challenge, I did it as a live class for five days. Mm-hmm. Other people have done it where it's just done with recordings and then they interact in a Facebook community. Uh, so you can, you know, you can do challenges in different ways, but um uh, I like the idea of live interaction, whether it's in a workshop or a, you could do like a three-day class, you know, you know, where you're actually doing live teaching, you know. So I would say there's a, and, and oh, I should say, then when people pay for something for say $100 or $200 to come to your workshop or your class, you can offer as a bonus a free one-on-one strategy set you can actually have a one-on-one conversation with someone. And uh, then you can build, a, you know, typically that'll be fairly short. You know, it might be a half an hour or less. That's a getting to know you and answer questions about whatever whatever they might have experienced in the workshop. The next step might then be, uh, hey, if you want to consider working in more depth, why don't we have a, an in-depth uh, coaching enrollment strategy session, you know, different, you know, but it's a, it's a bigger investment in time. And people know going into the strategy session that, you know, one of the outcomes might be working with, with working together. So, um, so the minimum path is, in my mind is like workshop, um, 
have a bonus call and then from there invite them to a strategy call that could be either paid or free. And then from there, enroll them into your coaching program. So probably three or four steps. Okay. I, I, I love that. And, and so there are a couple of, I'm thinking this back to the point when I was starting out, like what, would, and, I, and I did some of these things. Um, at that time, we're calling it webinars, but I don't know how many people actually do webinars. Nowadays, everybody's kind yeah. of doing workshops kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, should, I should correct myself because I, I, I grew up on webinars. Yeah, me too. So I, I, I call webinars it webinars. Webinars are kind of, um, I don't know, my, my sense is they're falling out of fashion. I would call them master classes or workshops or yeah. something like that because I think those uh, those event those types of events, uh, because we're all so zoomed out, <laughs> is we need to make them participatory and interactive. And so I would call them events, you know, workshops or master classes. But the idea is when people come to them, they ought to actually do some work and walk away with some value. It's not just listen to a presentation and I'll listen to your sales pitch at the end of the presentation. <laughs> yeah. Know? I think that style of webinar is, is diminishing in importance. I think challenges are another example where you actually do something. So I would say structure those inter, those introductory events as something where people do something. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, and I have a, a workshop. I call it live group coaching session, literally. Mm -hmm. And then it's based on a specific topic, building your vision. Um, but that's that's what it is. It's two hours of interactive and there is teaching components. There are there's now actually work that they have to do. There's sharing. There's all sorts of stuff that's happening. And out of that experience is what I what I sell uh, my group coaching program. And um, so um, now I'm going back to that question. When I go back to as I was starting out, there were two big challenges. One challenge was confidence. Now I'm sitting there, I was like, man, I'm just starting out. Yep. <laughs> I have for, all for sorts me, of yeah, me too. Me too. Everybody's <laughs> got that, right? When we're starting, I mean, none of us are starting new. A lot of most coaches I've talked to, they've had some just like you, they've had background in so many other things, like Dr. Sherry has been a psychologist. But then coaching field is different. So you're practically new into this world, and then all of a sudden you're putting yourself out there on social media, on these workshops. That's one challenge, and, and I want to hear your perspective on that. But the other challenge is now, let's say you announce and you get the courage and, and all that stuff to announce it now. What if people don't show up? Right. <laughs> and I've had people no, not show up at all. Yeah, uh, me, me too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I was mentioning I used to teach a five-day interactive class, and I quit doing it because... I realized it was hard for people to commit to show up for five days in a row for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, and the, so I had that experience where I was even giving it away. So here's an interesting experience. I, I gave away my five-day workshop as part of a giveaway promotion as a way to build your list. And I got all excited because 120 people opted in for this free live class. So I, I go out, I get the, the big meeting option on Zoom and I'm thinking, Okay, I'm excited. I'm going to have 100 people show up. Wrong. I had about five people show up. Oh, that's a, yeah. So it's like, but I was happy to do the class for five people, but it's like, all right, well, so it's, you, uh, 
on these live events, uh, especially if they're free, um, that people just oftentimes won't show up. So that's why I, I've kind of come around to the notion it's probably better to have a low price workshop where they pay something, you know, and, and what would $29, you would $39, be? something, right. because if they paid money, they're more likely to show up. Great. Great. Now, now, what about so? How how do you feel like going back to your experience? Like, how uh, how do we? I mean, how do people continue on in this uh, on this path? Like, despite the fact that it's going to be like there will be times nobody will show up, even whether you charge or not charge, until you learn the ropes, until you establish enough credibility. So, even knowing that system, how do you think we can keep moving forward? And and what has been your experience? Well. Um... I think I do think persistence uh, is an important quality. I think that's something I've had my whole life. <laughs> uh, some people would call me hard-headed, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think persistence is uh, and willingness to just learn. So it's like when those things happen, like people don't show up or whatever. It's just like I, if I even have one person show up or two, I'll still go ahead and deliver. It's so twenty people showed up. Uh, because they signed up. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, it, it doesn't matter that I didn't get 20 people. I'm going to be fully present, engaged to give my best for, for, for the two people that did show up. Uh, and it's, it, for one thing, it's good practice. You know, for another, I discovered this about myself is, you know, one of the things that people teach is to make, to make videos and online courses and stuff. I've discovered I'm really better in front of an audience. So, The technology, I mean, Zoom allows you to record. I mean, we're using Zoom and recording right now. Um, so it's, imagine, basically, if you have a class, just go ahead and record it. Um, then you can create videos from the recording. And the quality of the teaching, that, at least for me, my quality of teaching is better when I do it live. Yes. So, um, and then, so, so then, the, but you can still use the recordings for people to watch later. Or for people who didn't show up because of timing reasons or whatever, you can still make the recordings available to them, you know, especially if you're charging money. If it's a free thing, I'm not sure I would make replays free, but if people have paid money, but then they couldn't show up, you know, having the opportunity for them to watch the replay, I think is good. So I would just say, do it anyway, you know, even in the face of, and keep trying. So it's like, um, Every time you try something and it doesn't work out the way you thought it would, it, it's really an opportunity to learn. Say, okay, well, what can I do? What did I do this time? What can I do next time? It's maybe a little better. And this is something that actually coming from a corporate background, it's been really difficult for me to, to shift my mind uh, because uh, in the corporate background, you always practice and you you get all your ducks lined up in a row before you make a presentation. Um, and it's actually been an, an inhibition for me actually putting stuff out on social media because like I want it to be really good and great quality based you know, based on my corporate background. But uh, what people what a lot of entrepreneurs have told me is is uh, just do it anyway and consider it practice and as you practice and you get better, then you can fine tune and make it better next time. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I think doing it, even if it's not perfect, is important. Uh, and I'm saying that out loud, not only for you and for your listeners, but for me as well. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we are. This is all for us to uh, for for all of us, and I love this. So now, what about the? So as you're building your email list and you're you're creating a following, and you're just starting out, how how do you get people to come on these workshops? Like, what what are your thoughts about that part of the marketing? Because I think that that's the part that a lot of people find hard to do. Well, um, yeah. This sounds difficult, but it was a hard lesson I, I learned. And I also, I talked about it in my book and also uh, I, I teach it when I'm working with people. If you don't have a list, actually everybody has a list. They just don't recognize that they have one. So your list would be your, your um, if you've been doing social media, uh, you're going to have social media, you know, in the case of Facebook, you'll have friends. In the case of LinkedIn, you'll have connections. Um, so, I mean, you can just literally reach out to people individually. So if you want people to show up, it's like, and if you know people, just say, hey, I'm doing this and there's no charge or, you know, or or if you are charging, you say, for people you know, yes, I'll be glad to give you a free ticket if you'll just come. Um so I, I think um, reaching out to people individually by social media messaging or by, you know, by text or phone, however, that's one thing I've learned about reaching out to people. They, they, they listen in on different channels. Yeah. So some people will be respond to a Facebook message. Other people will respond to a LinkedIn message. Still other people will respond to a, a, a phone text message. Other people would love for it if you would call, they'll actually pick up the phone and talk to you. So um, there's different ways of reaching out individually, but, and it does take a lot of time, but reach out because people do respond if it's personal. They, I think they're less responsive to just sending out, you know, general invitations. Although when it comes to social media, you can you know, you can set up live events on either Facebook or you know, LinkedIn now has live events too. Uh, I had a, a client who discovered this. Actually, I didn't know. He, he discovered and let me know. But he had like a, over a thousand LinkedIn connections. So he defined a, a LinkedIn event and he went and invited, you know, it was a lot of work, right, to go invite all of your connections. But he invited, you know, I don't know, several hundred people out of his thousand plus connections and he got 78 people who signed up for the event and he actually had like 25 people who showed up that's awesome so that was just reaching out one at a time setting up a linkedin event of course he had a great uh event title which i love i'll share it it's like the three reasons you suck at networking <laughs> Everybody wants know. to know that. <laughs> I, I every- know my five, ten reasons why I suck at networking. <laughs> so it's like that's that's such a common problem, right? So it was, it was a great event title, and yeah. you know, so that was a good lead generation activity for him. That's a that's a gold nugget. I'm totally taking as I kind of launch some stuff here in the next month. I hadn't really thought about LinkedIn because most of my stuff is through Facebook. Um, yep. But yeah. Well, you know, it depends on so it's where you where your market lives, you know. Right, so, right. And my market's uh, going to be in LinkedIn. So that's yeah, so go where that's the other trick on social media that somewhere I picked up along the way. It's is which platform do you use? It's like, well, where do your prospective clients hang out? That's where you want to be. Yeah. So so I 
as you were talking, um, so I, I'm listening to Think and Grow Rich, you know, one of those classics that okay. yeah. I, know, I know I've read it uh, years and years ago, but probably not super intently. Um, so I'm listening to it now when I'm at the gym in the mornings. And what stuck out to me this morning <coughs> is the, the persistence that you talked about. Um, but I think there's a step before persistence that I've recognized hasn't always been present for me, which has then impacted my ability to be persistent. And it's what language he uses is definiteness of purpose. Because mm -hmm. um, if we're a, not, a, yeah. A he call, I think he calls it a a, um, a definite burning desire. I think it's, or, or maybe the, I've conflated two things, but. I probably but, use a lot of words for it. Uh, yeah, but it's the idea that like, if, if, and it's, you know, it's basically confidence that what you're doing is what you want to do. It's, it's yeah. definiteness of purpose. And if you have that, then the persistence is, I think, easier or is, I agree. is yeah. we can wrap our minds around it and kind of put more energy into that. Mm -hmm. So to stay, take a step back from the persistence, um, the definiteness of purpose, I think, is very related to what you were talking about and, and understanding the business as a whole rather than just this one marketing tactic I'm going to use this week. And right. so what, you know, if somebody comes to you and they don't have that definiteness of purpose, they're not really sure, like, how they want to or how they want to, you know, give to the world and that sort of thing. What, how do you kind of work with that? Yeah, that's actually, you just described um, the first part of my book, of my most recent book. No. <laughs> which, is, which is, it's all about, um, you know, clarifying your business strategy. So it's like getting really clear on your business. And what I mean by that, it, actually, there's a, there's a whole chapter on business clarity, where I talk about the eight M's of business clarity. And, you know, motivation is one of them. So that that burning desire and it's a purpose. Uh, money, you know, what, what are your money goals? Who's your market? You know, it's like getting very clear on who your market is, getting clear on your methodology. How do you know, how do you serve people? How do you help them? Uh, what's your mission? So clarifying these eight M's, um, it's a really important step. And if people are kind of struggling in that sea of unclarity, uh, like I described earlier, uh, that's what we work on first is to get really clear on what's the business strategy. What business are you in? Who do you serve? How do you serve them? Um, and then uh, the last part of that, uh, the last chapter in that part of the book, it's all about defining that customer journey that we talked about earlier, because you can't design a customer journey if you don't know who you're designing it for or, or where do you want to take them? Yeah. Uh, and what's the pathway to get from where they are to where where you both would like to go? So it's, I to me that's critical. You know that's a critical first step is understanding yourself, what motivates you, um, and and what made of it, what motivates you to serve, and and who you serve and how you serve them. Yeah. Uh, I, what the, one of the things that really stands out and it keeps coming up in these conversations is that um, it's as coaches, we can't or influencers, we can't take people deeper than we've gone ourselves in our experience. And this is this 
so even if you have the tools for uh, like you have the best tools to help people be persistent conceptually you have the best tools for getting people connected to their vision if you haven't done these things you haven't put yourself out there and done these things let's say you even get those clients through these workshops are you going to be able to help them and in my experience more than likely it, it'll be a challenge i would i kind of agree and kind of not because okay. um uh, one of the so one of the ideas that I explored, you know, in terms of thinking about my business was, um, gee, it would be nice to be an executive coach. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, in my corporate career, I never spent time as a corporate executive. So how could I do that? And then I realized uh, you don't necessarily have to have the same experiences that your clients have in order to help them. What you really need as a coach is to be able to set a safe environment. So imagine a, you know, a C-suite like level executive, they're not gonna go to people in their company to get coaching <laughs> necessarily because they're the leader and they're their positional responsibility. So having an external coach who's not in their company doesn't necessarily know the details of all the issues that they're dealing with might be an ideal coach for them because it's a safe space. You know, they're not directly impacted or influenced by the by the executive's action. So the point is that I'm making there is that I think as a coach, it's really a job to create a safe container, a safe space for people to be able to share and to be able to ask good questions and to be able to listen really well. So like, I think uh, being a good coach means um, being able to listen very, um, very intently, very empathetically, uh, active, active listening. It's like one of the coaching skills uh, that I think is really important is to be able to state back to their client their problem in a, in a slightly different perspective and perhaps more clearly than they could have stated it. Wow. So when you're, if you have some distance from the actual details of the situation, it's actually a good thing. Yeah, you can, I, I, I agree with that completely. Uh, so it's helpful, especially you were, I think, alluding to going and doing the personal work, you know, the deep work, you know, on yourself. And I think that's important too. But I think you can still be a great coach without having the, the experience of the person that you're coaching. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What I was pointing out there is that um, there are certain experiences. So the, the context, the form of the experience changes, uh, but the, the human experience is the same. And you mm -hmm. probably have a lot of experience or, uh, like just going through the spiritual journey as you have that you would have to be in a position where you would have challenged yourself at, to that extent to be able to challenge another client. You have to be in a position to have gone deep enough to question yourself to oh, question that client. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think in order to ask good questions, you have to have spent some time asking those questions of yourself or getting coached yourself from another coach. Like yeah. one of the things that, that um, I know Coaching Mastery Community agrees with uh, and I think most coaches would agree with, it's good for coaches to have their own coaches. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's one of the most important things and I wanted to touch on that uh, based on what you said and that's why 
my biggest challenge was uh, like outside of understanding these systems, there, there are a few big challenges that come up. One is that it's hard to have the confidence to move forward. Part of it is to be persistent, but if you don't have a community of people who are doing similar things and supporting you and giving you feedback, it feels lonely and hard. And I know coaches oh. feel that. It's like, what I, I don't know what I'm doing right or wrong. I don't care how much information I have. Oh, I, you <laughs> know, I, I, to know I totally agree with that. I mean, to me, making the transition from a corporate career to a solo entrepreneur business, it's like, oh, it's just like when you're in a corporate setting, there's a group of people you have daily, you have a group of people yeah. to bounce ideas off of and collaborate with and so forth. When you're on your own and suddenly you're responsible for everything, it is really lonely. It's like, and you have no idea. You don't get feedback. You don't have any, you, you, you don't have any idea that makes it really difficult. And I've told people between corporate and, and becoming an entrepreneur that being an entrepreneur is much more difficult. It's the most difficult thing I've ever tried. But I think what really makes it better is having a community. So whether it's the Professional Coaches Alliance or the Coaching Mastery Community, uh, or just, um, you know, investing in masterminds and, you know, group coaching activities where you can, you can learn things in a group setting. Uh, it's so much better than trying to learn it on your own. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and uh, com the community piece, um, and, and this goes back to how the human experience naturally is. It's we don't learn individually. Part of it we do, but we ex actual the actual learning happens when you're around people, yes. when you're teaching, when you're hearing perspective, when you're doing things with people, when you're challenging yourself to move forward within any group that is. And, and one of the things I want to point out to what you said, uh, so that experience that you shared from your client it was a couple of our members, they did very similar things. They reached out to a bunch of people on, on LinkedIn. They set up an event and uh, and they shared it with us within the community. And now a couple other members are trying that out. Um, and one of the other things that that we that, that I, I love that we do, and that's how I was able to not only develop the confidence to do my workshops, but also actually understand, am I adding the value it, and at the end of it, I would ask, like, are you, can you, are, if you go through this, if you put yourself in the account, are you going to buy it? Do I, was there enough necessity there? It's like, and a couple of times, like, no, <laughs> like, okay, what do I need to change? What, what didn't work? So yeah. like, we have these sessions where they would practice these workshop type of settings and actually do it the way they would do it outside and get feedback on it. So they're not just going cold turkey outside and not understanding at the end whether people showed up or not showed up or didn't give them feedback. So it really, for me, if I were to go back to the beginning stages, if I had that, that would have accelerated it to a whole different level. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I you know, looking back on my own journey, it's like I struggled on my own far too long. And actually, I was, uh, when this first happened, my, I was living in Albuquerque and we made a decision. It's like, or, you know, if I'm going to be working from home, I want to move to San Diego because I know there's an entrepreneurial community here and getting involved in the coaching community here was a huge step forward for me. So, um, yeah. It, and I think having a community to, 
to basically have to share your experiences with and, you know, and learn from each other. And that's actually something I'm trying to create in my own coaching community. Um, we, we focus on implementation, you know, for example, and copywriting is, some, you know, that's an important skill to have. And I'm not a copywriting expert. I mean, I'm, I would say I'm average <laughs> probably. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a student, uh, but what was really cool was last few weeks in our coaching community, uh, we started collaboratively copywriting on people's web pages. And, you know, the resulting web pages and the messaging that came through on the web pages was so much better from the group collaboration than any one person could have done. It was, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, what was the tipping point for you or the aha moment or the straw that broke the camel's back? To when you realized, okay, the solopreneur thing and trying to figure this out on my own, just I, no more, I'm done. And then you kind of looked to find that community. Yeah, I, I, I think it actually was joining the San Diego Professional Coaches and looking back on it. Um, because I was, that's a nonprofit organization. So I was able to contribute my skills uh, to the art. In other words, they had an old, out, outdated uh, WordPress website. And, there you go. Um, I, I helped them uh, basically because I had I had been uh, studying how to do this online business, and uh, I don't think it's a, a secret that I'm a fan of Kajabi because it's an on it's an all in one build an online business system. So I helped the I helped show the San Diego Coaches Alliance that they could probably actually save money because they were paying a WordPress consultant could probably save money uh, by just moving everything over to Kajabi and not only save money, but save time and effort, the volunteer efforts, you know, running the site. So that gave me an opportunity to, to basically help them, but it also helped me because um, it, it, it uh, helped me work in a community uh, and to, to build things for the community. So it was uh, from there that I was able to launch my live workshop uh, where, again, I didn't get very many people coming to my first live weekend, but the first customer who signed up for it was from the San Diego Coaches Alliance. Uh, oh, and so um, the point is, it's like doing things in a com community helps you gain that confidence uh, and gives you a community of people to work with. And I just can't overemphasize how important it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want to emphasize because there was one theme that keeps coming up and in, in, in how much of how much uh, of value you've added without actually charging a lot of times. Right. And, and that can be I think that can be inc incredibly powerful in the beginning stages. Mm -hmm. and I, there was just there was this moment, I think it was a couple of years back uh, where I realized it was I wasn't reaching out to people for my one on one coaching. They were just reaching out to me. I'm like, and that, the first was a very ego response. That must be really good. <laughs> but then I thought about it, I'm like, okay, there has to be something right that happened. But aside from the fact that my head is getting big. But uh, what I, when I realized, <laughs> I know that's what, that was my first response. So when I'm I sure, look back sure over the past... <laughs> I like uh, I hear enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I look back in the past two years, the number of sessions that I did, just strategy sessions, conversations, doing group sessions, workshops, 
I didn't charge a lot. Right. Like I was just doing these and there was a point that something shifted and it, it created momentum. And, uh, and a lot of the people that reached out to me, they knew me from one of these, either a workshop or a group that I worked in, or I did a session with somebody else who referred them or a client. Like they just kind of built up momentum. And then I realized for the next few months, I didn't have to reach out to anybody. In fact, that's what necessitated my the need for me to create my group coaching community because I was getting too many requests and I, I couldn't fulfill it. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's an important piece that a lot of coaches don't realize and a lot of coaches don't share in the beginning is that you have to add value. You have to show people that you can support them. And, and this is something I like from um, uh, Frank Kern. He, I learned that from him for I bought a bunch of stuff that I never that I never even looked at. But at least I, I read through one of his PDFs that was really cool. And he shared that in one of his videos as well as that. People don't care what certification you have, what degree you have, what, and that really opened up a whole different world because that was a stuck for me Um, because my degree was in engineering and I'm going into the coaching world. What they care about, what they care about is, can you help them? Can you take them from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that was a huge and I can tell you from when that opened up and I started helping people from CEOs to scientists to uh, to entrepreneurs of all kinds to executives athletes like when I started working not one person in all this time not one person has asked me what are your credentials and and there, I was actually ready for it <laughs> I'm like some of these one of these days somebody's gonna ask me I better have an answer for this but nobody asked me yeah no, it's it's true. And actually, I, you know, when you mentioned Frank Kern, one of the things I remember Frank Kern's teaching is he was talking. I think instead of calling them strategy sessions, he calls them demonstration sessions. <laughs> uh, but the reason he calls them that, he says, you want to be able to show people that you can help them by actually helping them. Yeah. So think about your strategy session, your enrollment session, whatever. You know, that may or may not work out into a business paying client relationship, but it gives us an opportunity as a coach to actually help people and they experience what it's like to work with you and to be helped by you. And if it works, they're going to say, I want more of that. And if it doesn't work, well, at least you have helped them solve a particular problem that they had and you've done, you've done a good deed, you know? So I think that phrase, show people you can help them by actually helping them has really stuck with me for several years now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I'd love to, uh, there, there's this one thing I don't want to leave out because you've had a very powerful spiritual journey in the process too. You've, you've gone through a lot of hardships and that took you through this journey and you wrote a book around that. I'd love to, maybe you can share a couple of points, two or three points that you've learned on that journey that applies to people's businesses that applies to them creating the kind of life that they want, the kind of experience that they want and the, and the way that they want to impact the world. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I read Simon Sinek's book maybe a couple, a year or two ago now, but even though it's been out for a long time, which is start with why. And I got to thinking about why, and basically he encourages you to reflect back over your whole life. What's your why? And I, when I did that, I realized um, my why is, and throughout my corporate career and in my coaching career now, is my why is, my purpose 
is to inspire and promote positive change. It's like throughout my whole life, that's been my mission. That's, that's my why. Um, and so in my book is same thing. It's like, I was coming from a point of being, I would just call it spiritually asleep for 50 years <laughs> to waking up. It's like, I want to share that. I want to inspire and promote positive change because there are so many people in the world who are in pain uh, for various reasons. And what I discovered and wrote about in my book is that we're the cause of our own pain and our own joy through the choices we make. So it's really the challenge is to become aware of the choices you're making and to choose things that, that make you happy. <laughs> so, uh, and to let go of things that don't make you happy. So uh, anyway, that was a, the main lesson in that book. And then in this last book that I've done, it's like, it's like there is a systematic way to build an online business and you don't have to be overwhelmed because I was overwhelmed and I had the technical background. So I know that people who don't have technical backgrounds can be totally overwhelmed. And I realized that uh, you can approach it incrementally. You just say, what does my business need right now? Okay, I'm gonna focus on that. And then what's the customer journey? That's kind of the overarching strategy. What's the next thing I'm gonna work on that'll help build out that customer journey? So, and I always tell people, start with the offer first and work your way backwards. Mm -hmm. So we learn about social media, we learn about marketing, that's all on the front end of the process. Start with the offer. What's the value that you, do, that you know you can offer people? And then work your way back. Say, okay, what does it take? What's the sales process for you know, creating the value in the sales process? And by the way, this was part of my journey too is I, if, when I was studying sales, I realized it's actually a coaching process. You're coaching people to invest in themselves. They, they're the ones that make the decision. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. It's really about where they are and what do they need and will what I offer actually help them they want, you know? And uh, that, that mindset shift is like, that, that's really a coaching process. That makes sales, you know, much, so much more approachable because it's really about asking questions and drawing people in. And then you just build the, you build backwards. You know, you say, okay, what would get people interested in having a sales conversation with me? So what's the marketing activities, the workshops? And then finally, what's the social media that I could get people drawn into my marketing activities? So it's a layered approach. And a lot of people say, start from the outside and move into the offer. That's because that's the that's the customer journey is you know starting from the outside and eventually ending up at the offer, but when you're building your systems, you build them from the inside out. So to me, that was a huge insight, and it reduces the overwhelm uh, incredibly if you if you approach it that way. We've um we've done had some conversations in CMC around sales as coaching. And um, I think it, I think, you know, that was at some point that was kind of a, a aha moment for me um, where I, I was able to recognize people's objections are typically not true objections. Right. You know, the reason they're saying no is not really because of the money, because they don't think they're worth the money and right. or they don't have the time, you know, and so then that becomes really more of a coaching issue rather than right. just, you know, the surface level. Okay, well, how do we find more money? 
So yeah. I think that's, that, that is, that is a huge mindset shift for coaches. It, it, for, it was for me. And I think for a lot of coaches, we, we struggle with the mindset of, you know, um, we've all experienced bad sales process and manipulative <laughs> salesmen. We've all had that experience yep. and, none, and none of us want to be that. Yeah, but we all love being coaches. So if we can approach our sales activity as it's just another coaching activity. Yeah, you and know, never it, look forward to buying a new car. Never. <laughs> I hate it for well, that reason. Well, we're so scared of that is that we just stop selling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like we don't want to be that. We just stop selling. No, it's all or nothing. I either am that or I'm nothing. Well, because we want people to like us, right? And uh-huh. so that. But but then if you can divorce yourself from and say it's not about me, it's you know it's really for for them. It's okay. I'll talk to the next person. You know, but but we get invested when someone decides not to purchase. And by the way, Frank Kern says this, so I'll say it. Most people don't buy. Yeah, that's just the way it is. You know, so just say, well, you're going to talk to ten people, and you might get one or two people that'll buy. Okay. So that means there's uh, seven or eight people who won't, but you know, it's okay because uh, basically people buy when they're ready and uh, you basically help them in the sales process. You're just helping them discover, am I ready for this? You know? Yeah. And if yeah. they are, they will, they will find the money. I'm convinced. I was surprised. Um, I've been surprised several times where people, I wasn't sure if they would be, if they could afford it or if they, and then, you know, they found it. Yeah, completely agreed. Great reminder. Uh, so, Tom, we're going to shift into these um, our common questions that we ask towards the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the first question you've already brought up a couple books. In fact, two of your own. Uh, but what would you say? And you can repeat the uh, um, a book or not. Um, but what would you say has been one of the most influential books in your coaching journey? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm always influenced by the most recent books <laughs> quite often. <laughs> um, so uh, the most recent book that I think is really great, I think every coach and entrepreneur ought to get it. It's, it's The Gap Versus the Game that, uh, that Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy just put out uh, last month. Uh, it talks about measuring progress. And, um, and I, so I will just say it's influential right now because it's helping me shift my own mindset. So the, the basic idea of gap versus the game is, a, you know, we're, let's just say we're sitting here and we're aspiring to be up here. And we're always measuring our progress by how far are we away from where we aspire to be. The problem is, as you make progress, the aspirations go up too. <laughs> what? So, so, no, so we're, we're, that. that's that's called living in the gap. Versus, if you say I'm here, and, and if you look backwards and say, look where I came from, then as you make progress, you can see I'm looking at the game, and not looking at the gap. I love that. So, always look backwards or always measure backwards is something that I'm just. Uh, this is something that's just happened. I would say in the last week. So we were talking, we started off talking about wins. That was another win for me last week was list. I listened to books. Um, and so I listened to the gap versus the game. And it was really a super mindset shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the point is, end your day. So here's a practice you can leave with. 
before you go to bed, uh, give yourself some time before you go to bed, turn off the TV or the screens or whatever, and just take about, I don't know, a few minutes, you know, 15 minutes or 20, however long you like, to really look back over the day, reflect on the day and say, what were my three wins today? And write them down because then you can look back over a week and say, look at all the things that happened for me this last week. Yeah. And I then, tied my shoes today. Yay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but the point is take credit for the, the good things that are happening. So many of us is that we're high performing, we're always looking ahead and we're focused on the gap. It's like, oh, I've got so much more to do. But it's, um, it's so great to look backwards and say, look at all the stuff I've done. You know, it, it really helps you f- it, in terms of shifting your own mindset. And, and it really does impact your own happiness yes. instead of being frustrated and angry or whatever the feelings are for being in the gap. You can look back and say, oh, look, look what I did. Yeah. So that was very influential. It's very recent. There have been lots of in- influential books in my past, but that's the one that comes to mind. Awesome. I haven't heard that one yet. So thank you for introducing me to a new book that I can put on one of my bookshelves here. Yeah. And then put it on the bookshelf. <laughs> what, uh, Tom, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do for fun to kind of disconnect and just, you know, love life? You know what? Um, this will, I suspect a lot of entrepreneurs say this, but I actually love what I do for work. Yeah. So I, do, I spend a lot of time, you know, doing that. <laughs> However, I do enjoy being outdoors in nature. So, and, and I'm fortunate because I live close to the beach. So I love just walking down to the beach and walking by the ocean. So, oh, that's awesome. awesome. Long, long walks on beaches. And <laughs> uh, what would you say separates successful coaches from the coaches that really don't ever take off or get traction, who give up and kind of stay, stay failed? Um, I think some of the things we talked about before, but like I just went through uh, my high performance coaching certification last week, recertification. It's like, and one of the exercises is clarity about what makes you successful. And the, the exercise is to come up with three words. So the three words I came up for success is have a clear vision. So vision focus and action. So vision, focus and action. When I look back at my life, when I've had a clear vision, I've stayed focused and taking action, that's when I'm successful. So that's what works for me. Beautiful. Uh, Where do you think, Tom, the field of coaching is headed? Hmm. I think it's still on a growth path. I think more and more people are realizing that to achieve what they want to achieve in life, that they can't necessarily do it alone. And so having a coach to help them go after what they want. Uh, And I think I've especially noticed this, like I I was in a mastermind, you know, group coaching effort for a little while uh, on sales and, uh, I noticed it was a community where it was mostly uh, millennials. It's like I was the old guy in the room, you know. But, um, you know, I, I, and I think that's really helpful. So, and they were a group of coaches. So it was a group of coaches learning about sales, 
you know, and, and sales process for coaches. And so that's why I was in that community. And um, yeah, I think there's, I, I think generationally, I think it's going to be a growth area for a number of years. And especially, you know, like thinking back on the last, you know, 18 months with COVID and all that, I think a lot of people are rethinking their lives. And uh, because that was so disruptive across so many industries and uh, people's lives. And, and people are noticing now, you know, like uh, there was a record, I, I don't know if it was a record or not, but a lot of people have been quitting their jobs and or or there, there are some employers who are having trouble hiring people. I think it's because people are rethinking their lives right now. And who better to help people when they're rethinking their lives than coaches? So I think I'm very optimistic for, for coaching as a business. I think a lot of people are going to be seeking coaching, helping. And to be honest, it, it's our responsibility as coaches to let people know that we're here to help them. And that's where, you know, like we talked about sucking and networking. I think a lot of us suck at marketing and sales. <laughs> so uh, we need, that's our responsibility though. We need to own that responsibility and put ourselves out there. Because there are a lot of people that need us, and uh, we just need to let people know about it. Yeah, yeah com I completely agree, and I, I love what you said. And I, I think coaches are probably more likely are going to be at the forefront of this new change that this whole COVID accelerated yeah. for a lot of people. This, this, and and if if if, if people understand what this is, the offer is through the mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. they're going to want to invest in that because most people don't know how to think through a lot of these things. They haven't been taught and including us. That's why we got into this. That's right. um, so I, I, I just wanted to thank you, Tom, for taking the time. I know you had to wake up early <laughs> on okay. the other side of the, <laughs> the, the continent, basically. And, <laughs> and I really appreciate you making that exception uh, with us as, as we recorded this live. And I uh, just really appreciate your um, your uh, authenticity, uh, your ability to add value and, and, and really help truly in your heart wanting to help people. And I, I see that in, in, in your experience and the way that you've actually helped us with, with CMC and, and, and uh, also the training that you've done for us. So thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for sharing so much of your wisdom. Now for the coaches that are watching, where can they find you? Okay, my, my website is Choice Digital Strategies com, And you can also get straight to my book if you're interested in the book. It's, uh, it's onlinebusinesssuccessbook.com. With respect to the book, um, if you would like a free PDF copy, so if you, if you go to my book page, you'll see that you can order a paperback copy and I'll send it to you um, for, for the cost of shipping. So it's like $7.95. If you um, don't need a, a, a paperback book and you just want to read it, send me an email. So my email is tom at choicedigitalstrategies.com. If you will send me an email and say, and the subject title could be book, uh, and just let me know that you'd like a copy of, of my book, I'll be glad to send it to you. Awesome, guys, a free book by Dr. Tom Teague on how to explode your your online business and marketing and this understanding like this is huge so thank you so much for that i'm sending you an email right now <laughs> <laughs>
Thank, thank you, Tom. That, that, and that's an awesome offer. And definitely recommend that. That's one of the things on my list. I think you offered that to us for our community mm -hmm. uh, for me to, to read. Um, and I learned a lot in the training that you did for us too. Um, now, uh, other than that, you guys can uh, find us on Facebook as you're watching live. You can find us on YouTube. And, and Dr. Sherry, uh, on the podcast platform, where are we so far? We are solidly on Spotify. We are working on Apple or um, iTunes, but you can find us on Spotify uh, through Anchor. Um, and so, yeah, we're we're having fun getting this started. And we're, what, on episode 12 now, I think, which has been gone super fast. Uh, but this is so much fun. Um, and we just love having these conversations and being able to unpack things for not just ourselves. I mean, there's a right, Faisal, like a little selfishly, like we grow and learn with each conversation, but to be able to bring in every coach who could possibly want to learn and listen um, and implement some of these things, this is this has just been a huge blessing and so much fun. So thank and, 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 by, and by the way, my intentions were very selfish when it comes. I love these conversations. I'm not going <laughs> to not admit that. I'll do this regardless of the outcome. You know that, yeah. Sherry, but it yeah. is going to add value to, yes. to, to so many coaches. And if you have any coach uh, that, that will have a friend, a colleague, somebody that you met and certifications or and we're, please share, share these episodes with them, either the video through YouTube or Facebook or, or through the podcast. And we'd appreciate that. Um, go ahead, Sherry. Sorry, I cut you off. Well, right. let me just interrupt and say thank yeah. you so much for the opportunity to be here. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. And I really, I love the Coaching Mastery community. And, uh, you know, it was an, it was a great pleasure to, to have a training with you guys earlier. And, um, yeah, and thank you so much for inviting me to be on this podcast interview today. It's great. Thank our you. Thank you for coming. All right, Coaches Nation, we will see you on the next one. Have an amazing, amazing week or day or hour. And remember, it's about the um, growth, not the gap. I screwed that up. It's not the gap. It's the gain. gain. Focus on your gain, not your gap. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Coaches Journey Podcast. 